Hello, a good Friday morning to everybody out there in listener land. It is Brian Cornell, and this is the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. Shout out to Three Rivers Apparel. They have cool pirate shirts that sort of poke fun at the pirates, as I do. They have Steelers shirts. They have Pittsburgh shirts. They have Heinz Field shirts. They have Penguin shirts. And it's really good quality. And they think of all these ideas themselves, frankly. And... um as you know, this is not a commercial. I'm commercial free and I just do this for fun. But they do send me free shirts and I do shout out to them and they're good people, you know. So um, check them out. Three Rivers Apparel. If you just spell, spell that out without any, um, without any spaces, you'll find them on Twitter and you can DM them and they can send you uh, whatever kind of shirt you're looking for. They make great gifts and the holidays are coming up, so... Some people are looking at knocking out their Christmas shopping already. Anyway, it is Friday, which is always a fun day because we get three full days of the minor leagues and then we get three full days of the Pirates and other baseball. I'm in the playoffs now in my um, fantasy league and uh, Anthony and I, although he's not speaking to me now because I'm too negative, um, are in the same fantasy league and uh, we are... Kind of going neck and neck. There's a chance we could meet in the um, in the postseason. And I think he's beat me twice um, in the regular season. So uh, I would really like to, um, to take out um, Anthony, the writer for Pittsburgh Baseball now. But that's what I mean. I've been watching the other games. Like last night, I watched the Yankee game because um, I had the pitcher for Minnesota. So, uh, and he did pretty well. I mean, he didn't get the win. They did come back to beat the Yankees, but he didn't get the win. Um, But it is what it is, right? I needed those points and I got those points. The guy I'm playing, he used up all of his pitchers in the first three days and he's beating me by like six points. So I'm really um, supremely confident that I'm going to get through to the next level and possibly face Anthony Murph Dog. Uh, anyway, you don't care about my fantasy baseball, but my, my point is that some of these other games are interesting too. You know, if you have MLB package, you can watch some of these, um, pennant races. Uh, there's sort of a race for that last spot a little bit between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Phillies, but really both teams are kind of backing into it. You know, um, the Brewers pitching is wearing down, uh, Castellanos just got hurt for the Phillies and their pitching hasn't been that great. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard to get excited about the Phillies because they bought their whole team, you know. <clears throat> but you probably don't like the Brewers because you're a Pirates fan. And does it really matter? It's that last spot, you know. It's like when it's like the bubble teams with the NCAA tournament. It's fun to watch them to see who gets in. But those teams don't usually do much in the tournament, you know. So it's pretty, pretty similar to that. Um, as far as the top line baseball teams. I don't really care because most of them bought their way there anyway. Uh, I'm not going to get excited about watching the Dodgers. I actually, like most Pirates fans, I root for the Braves because they um, built that team internally. You know, they made some trades. Even the Cardinals built that team mostly internally, but they they made some um, good trades as well to bring in good players. Those teams are pretty similar, but the Braves have been performing better. Um. And in the American League, I think everybody's rooting for the Seattle Mariners just because they haven't done it in a while, you know. So we'll see what happens. 
And I think people um, follow the Mariners because they are the team that is usually in on Brian Reynolds and they have a lot of prospects. Um, so Pirates fans are somewhat similar, um, you know, in looking at the um, Seattle Mariners and the Miami Marlins because they're always in the hunt for um, Brian Reynolds. But it looks like the Marlins, they're just not getting it done, you know. So I don't know if they're going to be in the Brian Reynolds sweepstakes. Uh, the Mariners, you know, we'll see how they do. They might they might want another outfielder in the offseason. Uh, in any case, this season has been pretty bad offensively. So I'm actually, I, I did a little um, baseball reference sort here by at-bats just to see how people have done this year. And I try to do it whoever has the most at-bats. For instance, Brian Reynolds has 501 at-bats. Um, he has an OPS of 781. So, yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there that are disappointed with Brian Reynolds, and he did have a great year last year. He finished with an OPS of, he batted 300, and he finished with an OPS of 930. <clears throat> but frankly, he was never going to repeat that season. But the fact of the matter is that people don't like to talk about Brian Reynolds is by far, and by like 70 points, um, the best hitter on this team as far as OPS goes. So by saying that he sucks and you want to run him out of town, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but it's kind of how Pittsburgh Pirates fans think. Like they hate the players that they've seen for a while, but they love the prospects that they've never seen until they see them, and then they hate those guys too. But Brian Reynolds, I mean, I have to give him a B probably just because he's he's – has a good chance to finish with an OPS of 800. Um, he has a chance to finish with 25 home runs. He's been decent, you know. I mean, it, at least in this lineup, he's been decent. Key Brian Hayes is second. Surprisingly, even though he's been injured a lot with 473 at-bats, I guess he hasn't been injured a lot. He's just been injured a couple times. The nice thing about Key Brian Hayes is he does have 20 doubles. But he only has those six home runs, and that's been a talking point all year. Um, he does have 15 stolen bases, which is nice. But you know what? When you get down to it, he's a 241 hitter with a 654 OPS, which is absolutely unacceptable hitting-wise. Now, I keep him. I'd even make the argument that he's a good value because he's probably going to get better with the stick. Um, he's a good value because we got him at such a team-friendly deal. You know, he didn't cost us much. But um, that's when you look at it, that's a pretty bad OPS, you know. Key Brian Hayes has not had a particularly good year. Um, the next, so I don't know, I'd probably give him a C, to be honest. I mean, he's got injuries, and he actually has had more errors than you would think, you know. Um, he has saved a lot of runs, you know. Probably as many defensive runs saved as any third baseman in the National League. So... You have to take that into consideration. I think the biggest problem is that he's on a team that doesn't score at all. I mean, there's a chance that the Pirates could still finish scoring less runs than the Detroit Tigers and Oakland A's, which mean which would mean they are um, they scored the least runs in the league. And for a team without much pitching, that's not very good. The next guy on the list is Ben Gamble, and this is a. Um, actually, did I get to Chavis? Chavis is the next guy on the list. He's a guy everybody talks about his splits because he's pretty good from one side of the plate and pretty bad from the other. 
But we'll just talk, look at his overall numbers. <clears throat> 14 doubles and 14 home runs. The 14 home runs is not, eh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. He reminds me, uh, the 14 home runs kind of reminds me of Redbeard. The first baseman that we sent packing, you know, he usually hits like 12 to 14 home runs. It's definitely not enough home runs to get excited about, let's face it. He's a 238 hitter with a 676 OPS. So his OPS is only 20 points higher than Key Brian Hayes. And that might be something that you didn't realize, you know, that Michael Chavis is not as good as you think he is. Because everybody complains about Hayes' hitting. And let me see where we're at here. Okay, I just want to make sure we keep, we're still recording. Everybody complains about Hayes' hitting. But Chavis is not much better, you know? And then Ben Gamble with 365 at-bats. He has 18 doubles. And yeah, disappointing seven home runs. I think that's the biggest complaint with Ben Gamble. Is that he doesn't hit a lot of home runs for a corner outfielder. And it's a legitimate concern. I think his war is actually slightly negative now. Um, ben Gamble's OPS is better than Chavis's, though, by more than 10 points. Just something to keep in mind there, you know. And then you got Jack Sawinski, uh, another outfielder. He's actually put in 281 at-bats, which is why they had to hold him out for so long, you know, just to make sure that they, get, they would get that year of control from him. Um, he has nine doubles, which is low, and everybody knows he has those 14 home runs, you know, because it's one of the higher numbers in the National League. Um, but you know what? If you look at Jack Suwinski and the way he's performed his first, let's see, how many at-bats? Let me break this down for you. Um, he has 281 at-bats, right? In those last 81 at-bats, He's batting under 100 with zero home runs. And that's what you got to look at with these guys, you know. Are pitchers figuring out the holes in their swings to the point where they're probably not going to be a major league hitter? I mean, he could make some adjustments, but Jack Sawinski might just not be good enough to be a major league hitter. Um, his OPS is still hanging in there. It's between Ben Gamble's and Mike Chavis's. But if you look at what he's done lately, you know, his batting average is 199. But lately, those last 80 at-bats, he's batting under 100. That's got to give you some serious concern, you know. And then another guy we tra- – and I don't know if I would keep any of these guys other than Reynolds and Hayes and Gamble. Um, another guy, I guess maybe you keep Chavis. Um, Diego Castillo is a guy that we put in there for 257 at-bats. Um, he has 10 doubles and 10 home runs. Now, the 10 home runs, remember they kind of came all around the same time? Like, he wasn't hitting much, but he was hitting home runs. Um, he doesn't steal bases. Really, nobody steals bases except for Key Brian Hayes. Um, he has a 201 batting average, two points better than Jack Sawinski. Um, but he has a 613 OPS, which is really bad, you know? So as much as I like Diego Castillo, and as much as I think he actually did play the infield okay, really there's no reason why any team would ever bring back Diego Castillo. And I know a lot of people like him, and he could potentially be um, 
like a a guy that plays different positions. But if you're going to bring someone like that back, I would probably bring back Marcano, who we'll get to in a bit. Um, there really isn't anything that Diego Castillo brings to the table. You know, un- unfortunately, you know, I like the kid. Um, after that, O'Neill Cruz actually has 255 at-bats now, believe it or not. Um, he has eight doubles and 13 home runs. Uh, he has hit 218 with a 708 OPS, which is actually league average for the OPS. Hey, man, I told you. Like, O'Neill Cruz might not be the superstar that you want him to be, but I'd keep him as shortstop for the next four years. Um, he's an exciting guy to watch, and he's going to give you decent production, you know? Maybe 25 home runs a year, you know? So I'm okay. And I like the way he runs uh, around the bases. You know, he's not a great base stealer. Um, I want to see O'Neill Cruz has six stolen bases and he's been caught four times. So that's really not good. He's not a good base stealer, but he is fast when he gets going. You know, fun guy. So, yeah, I mean, that's a keeper. Um, so far, I keep Reynolds, Hayes, Cruz, and maybe Gamble. Kevin Newman in 250 at-bats has 16 doubles, which is, this is a thing. Kevin Newman is a pretty good doubles hitter. You know, the 16 doubles is third on the team. But he only has one home run, you know. So remember these other guys had home runs and doubles. Um, he has a 272 average, but his OPS is 682, which is also below the league average. Um, I'd probably keep Kevin Newman because he's a veteran. But they're not going to keep him because he's going to cost money. Um, so they'll probably play somebody like a rookie that's going to make the league minimum instead. Um, and then Tupacata Marcano is next with 176 at-bats. Um, he has those two home runs, which he got in like his first five at-bats or something like that. He's not a home run hitter. But he only has six doubles as well. And we're talking about 176 at-bats. Um, he's hitting 201 with an embarrassing... 553 OPS. So you could keep him as like that guy that plays different positions, but man, that's bad, you know? I mean, Diego Castillo was bad as well, but Tupacata Marcano is actually much worse. So I don't know. I mean, frankly, I wouldn't keep either of those guys, but... You know, we'll have to see what happens. It's funny because some of these other podcasts are like, oh, we need to find playing time for all these guys. You know, we can't just let them go. Why not? You know, you're not losing anything in letting these guys go, even though maybe you're a little bit like attached to them or whatever. You know, you like seeing them play. You like the guy. You like the way he wears his hair or something. I don't know. But no, you know, see ya for sure. Rodolfo Castro is a guy that people have been jumping on lately. Um, he has 10 errors and very limited playing time. Um, in 174 at-bats, he has four doubles and six home runs. You know what? That's not exactly lighting it on fire, you know? Here's another thing with Rodolfo Castro. He's batting 233. The only thing that's saving him is he has a 708 OPS, you know, which is actually the exact same as O'Neill Cruz. Uh, my thought is that Rodolfo Castro is going to get exposed with more playing time. Um, I, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't mind letting him go. They're obviously not going to let him go. I wouldn't mind letting him go. Um, but he'll be back. 
He makes $700,000, so there's no reason not to bring him back. And then Cal Mitchell. Man, Cal Mitchell, as I said, he's a tough one, right? 164 at-bats. He has six doubles, four home runs, a 209 average, and a 578 OPS, which is awful. You know, he's got about the same OPS as Josh Van Meter. And Tukapita Marcano is actually worse than Josh Van Meter was. <laughs> you know, I don't think people realize that. Um, and he's a better fielder, but Jesus, you know. Cal Mitchell is tough because he's dominated so much in the minor leagues. I've said this on my last three or four podcasts as well. Cal Mitchell has dominated so much in the minor leagues that I would bring him back, you know. Um, and like I said, personally, I would just have him as my everyday designated hitter. You know they're tanking next year. You know they're not signing anybody, you know. Let's just find out if he can do it or not, you know. Frankly, I don't know because he just doesn't seem to hit major league pitching, you know. And there's a lot of guys that do well in triple A, but they don't hit major league pitching. But because he's dominated so much in triple A, like they send him down and he hits 350 again, you have to at least give him a shot. I mean, he's certainly doing a lot better in triple A than someone like Travis Swaggerty, you know, and they're thinking about giving him a shot, you know. Now, I understand Swaggerty has a better glove. And I know that Swaggerty had that um, shoulder surgery, and I don't know how that affected his arm. But I would expect that Travis Swaggerty has a better arm than Cal Mitchell. Uh, so, yeah, I'd keep him. But, you know, if they, if they cut him, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it, you know. Um, after that, you have Heinemann. He has 132 at-bats. He's got a 215 average with an awful 534 OPS for a catcher. He's gone, right? Blind Madras, 123 at-bats. He's got one home run and a just beyond awful 509 OPS. He's gone, right? Although they might bring him back at some point because it's the Pirates and he makes league minimum. Um, out of these other guys, Jason DeLay has a 578 OPS. Uh, Greg Allen has a 548 OPS. I wouldn't keep any of them, you know? So, frankly, I don't think we do have a problem with finding at-bats for all these guys. I would just let them all go, man, you know? I would let them all go. There's only two guys on the team with an OPS... Well, there's only one guy on the team with an OPS plus above 100. Uh, and that's Brian Reynolds. So, you know, I don't know what you think about OPS Plus, but there's a lot of guys that are like 50, 60, 70. You could scrap all of these guys, and I wouldn't lose any sleep. But the guys that I would bring back are Reynolds and Hayes, Gamble, and Cal Mitchell, and O'Neill Cruz, you know? Not many, man, you know? And the fact that they're not going to go out and sign anybody, they probably bring a couple of these bums back and they'll probably bring up a couple of bums. But this is not a team that's going to make the jump like the Baltimore Orioles did last year. You know, there's just not a lot here. You know, there's a lot of guys that are maybe they did OK in the minor leagues or whatnot. You know, there's one good thing that you like about them. But there's most of these guys are not major league players. 
so let me wrap it up by covering a couple of young guys that have done well recently. Um, there's a guy from the Dominican Republic, Dominican Republic, San Pedro de Macris, and his name is Luis Ortiz, and he is a guy that has been under the radar forever. You know, I don't know why. But he's never on those prospect lists, I don't think. Maybe he is. I I don't even watch them anymore. But Luis Ortiz is a guy that's been under the radar, but has always kind of done okay. And I think the problem was that last year he was at Bradenton, so everybody was like, well, who cares? It's Bradenton, right? Well, this year, he's actually made the jump all the way to Altoona. And Luis Ortiz this year has some good things, some bad things, right? His ERA of 456 is pretty bad. He started 25 games and, and pitched 125 innings, which is good. I mean, that's more innings than Michael Burroughs has ever pitched in one year. Um, he gives up a lot of home runs, you know? That's what's pushing his ERA up there. In fact, he's given up 19 home runs in double A and only 114 innings. So that's like over the course of a season, maybe 30 home runs. That's like Bryce Wilson territory, you know? But the only reason that you might consider this guy, you know, and he he will get a look probably at some point. He's got 138 strikeouts and 38 walks. And his whip is only 1.14. So what basically with this guy is he just has um, some bad innings and he just gives up a shit ton of home runs, you know. But he has 10 strikeouts per nine and only 2.8 balls per walks per nine. I mean, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good... um, strikeout the walk ratio 363 so Luis Ortiz is an interesting guy that you will see on this team and I wouldn't be surprised if they give him some starts um, because the way that um, the seasons have gone for both Bryce Wilson and now for Zach Thompson I think somebody posted that Zach Thompson has a seven ERA in his last um, 40 innings or something like that you know, I don't know if I would bring either of those guys back to start. They will, because it's the Pirates. But they're probably doing it reluctantly. I mean, even as the Pirates, you know, at some point, you just can't keep bringing guys back that aren't performing. Uh, and this other guy is also interesting, uh, because he's from Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, which is a Pittsburgh suburb. Um, he's going to be 23 next year. And he went to Eastern Michigan University, which is not a powerhouse for baseball players. Uh, And this is, of course, Justin Mize, um, the Pirates' 10th round draft pick. Um, The reason he's interesting is he's gotten really good lately. Um, He hasn't given up a run in his last 14 at-bats. So if we look at how he's done this year, um, he's got a 395 ERA, which is okay. He's a college guy, so you would expect him to do well in the minor leagues. And the fact that some of these were pretty lower level, you know, like Bradenton and Greensboro, is one reason why I haven't been excited over Justin Mize. I just want to see how he does at double A at age 23. Um, but he has pitched 110 innings already. So, I mean, his arm is somewhat there, you know, 22 starts. Um, let's see how his peripheries are as compared to um, Luis Ortiz. This will be interesting. Um, he strikes out 113 batters. But he's given up 14, 43 walks. So he walks too many guys, at least as compared to um, the other guy. You know, He has a 2.63 strikeout-to-walk ratio. 
I remember the other guy had like a 3.5 or something like that. Um, he, he does get some strikeouts. His whip is a little higher at 1.25, but it's not terrible, you know? So the thing with Justin Mize is, okay, you know, you got off to a bad start in Bradenton, which really you should have been at a higher point than that anyway. But you never know when pitchers are going to come together, right? So maybe he's coming together. I mean, he's only 23 years old. And he would be a good story because he's a local guy. So, I mean, Justin Mize, yeah, he's he's up a prospect, you know. And he's not a guy that I was considering a prospect when he was floundering in Bradenton. But at this point, if he's going to improve, you know, let's just see how he does in A Altoona, you know. I mean, I'm not super high on the guy either. But, you know, Justin Mize and Luis Ortiz are two guys that you don't hear much about that, eh, you know, they might be coming around. We'll just have to see how they do. In any case, speaking of coming around, I hope you have a great weekend. You know, I hope you get out, enjoy yourself. Uh, It doesn't look like the rain is going to come back until maybe after the weekend. So it should be pretty nice in Pittsburgh and, you know, other areas of Pennsylvania, even though my listeners are all over the place. Um, Just enjoy yourself because we don't have that many warm weekends left. You know, I mean, the fall is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, you know. And a lot of people do that leaf peeping up in like Clarion and Slippery Rock and areas like that. Um, Dubois, Pennsylvania, Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, and I love that stuff. The fall is a great time of the year. But, um, you know, you're also not going to have too many weekends where you can throw some shorts on and take the kids out to the park, you know. So keep that in mind, you know, instead of maybe watching... 12 hours of football on Sunday. Maybe you watch the Steelers game at one and then take the kids out, you know, and then just follow the game on your phone because life is short, you know. Enjoy yourself. The dogs love you. The cats love you. The devil loves you. Peace out.